DW. You may not know this, but DW's headquarters are in Bonn, Germany, which is a beautifully green city. We have the green banks of the Rhine River, big parks and large stretches of greenery, and whole neighborhoods that are nicely leafy and shaded. Well, DW reporter Charlie Shield has been researching all the things that city trees do. She spoke to a number of experts about it, and we met up not long ago in a Bond neighborhood and strolled along the tree-lined streets chatting. After that, we picked up my small son and headed for a hike in the Stadtwald, or city forest, just a little further down the road. Here's our walk and talk. Hi, Sonia. Hi, Charlie. Where are we? We are in Südstadt of Bonn, and we're walking down Weberstraße, which is kind of the, the heart of this quarter. We have these beautiful neoclassical facades. Some of these buildings are more than 100 years old, and some of these beautiful trees are probably also that old. And there's quite a few of them in this particular suburb. It's pretty leafy. Oh, it's nice and leafy. It's almost like this sort of oasis. So this week I've been looking into city trees and their role and also how they cope in city environments. So we have these very practical, helpful functions of city trees in terms of sequestering carbon as well as cooling the city. Isn't that called the heat island effect? Yep, that's right. So cities are much hotter, often around 7 degrees hotter than surrounding rural areas. 7 degrees Celsius, so that's even more in Fahrenheit. Yeah, and the cement, right? And because the earth is sealed over with pavement and with concrete, and it absorbs the heat from the sun, and then it radiates that back up. it retains it. Yes. Yeah. So can it kind of compensate for the heat island, reduce those higher temperatures? Absolutely, yeah. One urban climatologist that I spoke to this week who's working at the University College Dublin, he did a study in his home country of Nigeria in the city of Akure where they measured the temperature inside and outside of a typical office building, one with tree shade, one without, and they found that there was a whopping five degrees difference. And eventually we estimated the energy demand and we found out that the buildings without trees needed up to over $200 worth of energy than the one with, uh, with trees. We were talking about the, the practical benefits of, of trees in cities, but then there are these, these added benefits that you can't really quantify, quantify in the same mm-hmm. way. Yeah. Chris Brack, a forest ecologist from Australian National University, was talking about this concept of biophilia. They do everything from mitigating climate extremes, the heat island effect, reducing wind, reducing dust, improving stormwater flow. Then there's the services that we can't actually put money values on, like promoting biodiversity and even aesthetics. These are things that the trees themselves provide. And then there's a basic human nature. We think the idea of biophilia is that humans have this visceral gut need to experience nature and in the hard angles of the city with its artificial structures and straight lines and all that sort of things we miss that biophilic element. So we've talked a lot about the benefits of city trees but can they keep giving? Can the trees get enough water? I mean it's 
been raining less. We've been having some drought years. Sometimes they look a little stressed even. I think a lot of them are facing quite a bit of stress. It's often a pretty oppressive environment to, to survive in as a tree cities. I mean, these ones, this is a pretty nice area. But in general, I mean, we've talked about how they struggle for space below ground, their root systems. Above ground, you know, they can suffer mechanical damage from people and cars and yeah, extreme cars weather events. Yeah, backing into them or like hail or lightning or wind. Hectic wind that can Yeah, very strong them. winds that can topple them over. And then pollution, I mean, they do filter the air, but, you know, if there's a lot of pollution, that can affect the trees as well. But an urban forest ecologist that I spoke to this week, Shomid Saha from Karlsruhe Institute of Technology in Germany, told me that probably the biggest stressor facing trees today is drought. If there is a decline in the water supply in the urban soil, which is very often the case because urban soils, that they are kind of sealed by built surfaces and if there is a water shortage, then we have to irrigate the tree. And if that's not done properly, then urban trees, the big urban trees, will be susceptible to death. So, that lack of water. Mm-hmm. Let's turn around and, um, and go back. Pick up your son. Yeah, pick up my boy and head to the forest. Cool, sounds good. So I have to snap one of these in place. This is Damien. Damien, can you say hello? Ooh, hello. Ooh. Hello. Ooh. Where are we, Damien? Hintenburgplatz, um, which is in Dottendorf. Here's a, a different neighborhood of uh, Bonn. It's a bit away from the city center. And it's just nestled into this urban area, just tucked away up here. It's got to be a few degrees cooler. One of the things that kept coming up in my chats this week with the ecologists and landscape historians was this idea of native versus non-native trees. So increasingly we are seeing the, the value of exotic species because they're better adapted to hotter city environments. Chris Brack, the forest ecologist from Australian National University, used the example of Canberra, and he said that before that city was built there, it was a grassland. So if they were to exclusively plant native species, it would be two types of trees. We know there are species that grow in North America and in Asia and Europe that will grow in the harsh artificial climate of Canberra. Well, why not grow those? What's the, what's the disadvantage? People say, oh, yes, but the native animals won't like them. Well, actually, they do. I mean, if they find a, a nesting hole that has the right size and orientation, many of them will not care that that hollow is in an exotic species. It's incredibly peaceful up here. And even though the city is right there, you can almost not hear it. No, not at all. You can even just barely see it through the trees, but you can hear then the sound of the leaves rustling in the wind, the bird call, maybe a dog barking in the distance. And it's just like a balm for your soul to be in this environment. And beyond just having trees 
as sort of this technical fix, as this geoengineering type solution to climate change and its effect on city living is sort of seeing how nature and humans can live together, not separately. How we can coexist and how maybe, you know, we rely on each other. (laughs) (laughs) DW.